speaks on the stuff progressives get wrong and how we can do better. Her name is Christina Villarini, and she is here to reveal her cosmopolitan bias to a shocking degree. Recorded in New York, you're listening to the Cosmopolitan Bias Podcast. This is episode 02 of the Cosmopolitan Bias Podcast. Welcome to this week's show. I'm Christina. I'm in New York. Wherever you are, I hope you are safe and healthy as you listen in. This episode is titled Enrichy Rich. Today we're going to talk about the enrichment of the Oval Office and the last four years of Donald J. Trump. Let's get to it. I recently read a Forbes article from September of 2020 where it said that President Donald J. Trump made over $1.9 billion, with a B, in the first three years he was in office. Basically, our commander-in-chief never got out of the businesses he was in, even though he got the job. Further, Forbes suggests that while Trump's licensing, management, and hotel empires have been fading, his golf and club business have picked up the slack. They also mention that his commercial real estate buildings continue to be his sort of cash cows. That's where things got fun for me, because we are living in this time of coronavirus, and one could suggest that based on the impact of COVID-19 on all commercial real estate across the country, Trump's real estate is probably also hurting. When you add in the recent New York Times revelations that President Trump may have debt of over $1 billion, the math becomes a little bit clearer. We may be looking at a former billionaire playboy president who doesn't have any fucking money. I'm thinking of this as Bruce Wayne without the Batcave, the morality, or real hair. And while I kid about this, this seems to be where El Presidente hopes you stop paying attention. He has loans that are spread out across dozens of different assets. He has hotels. He has his real estate buildings, his mansions, his golf courses, his clubs. Most of these are listed on his financial disclosures, which have to be filed every year with the federal government. But two of them, which added up to about $447 million, were not previously disclosed. Forbes is important to keep sourcing here, since they're kind of the preeminent scholar on where people's money is. And they value his assets at around $3.66 billion. And minus the debt, it's enough to make his net worth an estimated $2.5 billion. So while he is likely not completely broke, despite what we say on Twitter to make him mad, there are some significant pressures on him financially. The reason why I think all of this craziness is worth discussing is because we still don't know where his loans are from. 
We don't know quite how many there are. And we definitely don't know where all of his money has come from and where it's going. But here's the kicker. It's obvious that Donald Trump doesn't want us to know. But I'm curious why no one else seems to care. Upon doing some further digging, I realized that it's probably because the nonprofit Center for Responsive Politics reported at least 268 of the 534 United States lawmakers were worth an average of a million dollars themselves as of 2012. So no one wants to open Trump's Pandora's box because they're worried about their own. But let's stick to the president. Like many smart and sneaky billionaires, Donald J. Trump has folks who can help him put assets in the best possible places for him to earn interest, reduce risk, and avoid transparency. But when the New York Times blew open the doors on a secret Chinese bank account, and the fact that Donald Trump has probably paid more taxes in China than he has in the United States, I was most shocked that progressives didn't clamp down on it like a hungry dog with a T-bone. You can probably listen to this next line in the tune of the Tom Jones song. It's not unusual for right-wing white dudes to have a bunch of bank accounts all over the place. But it is unusual for them to be president of the United States, and over the course of that presidency not disclose anything at all especially if you brag about being rich as much as he does. And for the purposes of transparency on this podcast, the places that we do know Trump has bank accounts, according to those same taxes obtained by the New York Times or China, Britain, and Ireland, in addition to the United States. The Chinese account is controlled by Trump International Hotels Management LLC, which the tax records show paid around $188,561 in taxes in China while the company was pursuing licensing deals there from 2013 to 2015. Even though Trump's lawyers have brushed all of this off, it still wasn't until last year, that's 2019, that two large Chinese companies stopped renting in Trump Tower including a large Chinese-controlled bank. So here we go, right? The tough-on-China president gets huge paydays from, you guessed it, China. So beyond all of the incredible hypocrisy of this, why does it matter? Well, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last few episodes, you know that the two things I care about are explaining complicated but interesting things that progressives just don't seem to want to talk about, and talking about how Democrats slash progressives keep losing the narratives on those issues, these issues that actually matter to regular people, and explaining it in a way that people can understand. I believe that if the Dems did a good enough job explaining why this is not only illegal— but immoral to the country, the Hunter Biden issue would have either been a non-starter, even though for the most part it was anyway, because there was no real proof, like most of the current Trump campaign claims. But yet here we are. Four years later, we are all footing this bill. 
the emotional, spiritual, and financial bill. Progressives, conservatives, and the lot of us in between are all royally fucked. Millions of dollars spent on a family who doesn't care about what happens to any of us. And let me just say now, if Trump starts his own network to compete with Fox and OAN, it will be with all of the dollars left over from the last three months consumed by over 140 emails about his ridiculous and unsuccessful legal challenges to the 2020 election. So much of the original Donald Trump defense was based on the idea that we need to give a non-politician a chance to change things, that the country needed to shake things up. Some would say we are getting a raw deal either way. Both parties are broken and Americans need to burn it all down. But you know what? I'm sick of folks on the left saying this. Because it isn't normal. And fuck normal, by the way. The opposite of normal is unusual. And that implies a lack of commonality or routine. If your kid doesn't normally burn down the house, but that one time they did, wouldn't you be concerned? So many people have become desensitized to what the job of the presidency actually is. We had a closer-than-it-should-have-been election. And before that, we had four dismal years back on a lack of, you guessed it, normalcy around what our elections are and should be. More than anything, the Dems think that morality alone will get us through even though they continue to gaslight each other all over the place and still don't have cohesive strategies or ideas around how to galvanize people across this country outside of cities. The truth is that black folks and brown folks in urban areas can't keep saving us. But whether it's Hunter Biden or election fraud, there always seems to be a spark around these things when Trump says them. And I am probably one of the few progressives who refuse to believe that it's because 70 million people in this country are racist or homophobic or transphobic or conspiracy theories or the like. Yes, a large percentage of them are likely those things. And while Trump himself is probably most of those things at different times, I mean, you could look up his relationship with Roy Cohn and see what happened there very clearly. There are some people whose lives do actually ebb and flow based on the policies that are enacted in this country. And whether it's based on that ebb and flow or our luck or just sheer lack of it, our relationship to winning and losing makes it really easy to look away from the things that are happening right in our line of sight. According to the Washington Post, GQ, the LA Times, anybody who has spent a lot of ink writing about Trump and his children, Trump's kids and his businesses are benefiting from the presidency more than anyone probably ever. When Trump's kids visit Trump's properties, those properties charge the Secret Service for agents to come along to protect them. So, just try and understand this for a second. The president's company bills the U.S. government thousands of dollars for the rooms Secret Service agents use on their trips. 
And the agency sometimes books multiple rooms or multi-room rental cottages, depending on how many agents are on the property. While we have always, as taxpayers, paid for agents to take care of traveling presidents and their kinfolk, we have likely never seen that money go straight back into their pockets. So when President Trump went to golf in Scotland for a weekend in 2018, it cost you and me about $68,000. And if Donald Trump Jr. goes on an international trip and brings five Secret Service agents with him, we are still the folks footing that bill. And yet here we are debating the future of the country and the economy and division. And there's still more wars than ever, more defense spending than ever, unemployment at highs, eviction and hunger at all-time highs, and so much hand-wringing and bickering about how and what to do and who's going to pay for it that we may as well just start individually funding GoFundMes for the states themselves. But if you turn on Fox News right now, you'll see all these folks in the suburbs talking about the rigged election and moreover what Trump means to them. Trump means pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and making something of yourself. It means not wanting the United States to become a welfare state. It means America first and American greatness. It means truth and liberty. It means standing up to all the crooked politicians, near and far. But here's the truth. When history looks back on this time, and we get the final CVS-length receipt for the Trumps and their families, it will be crystal clear. The call was coming from inside of the White House all along. Thank you for joining this week. This episode was Enrichy Rich. I will see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Cosmopolitan Bias Podcast. To connect with Christina or to support the podcast, please visit Cosmobias.com.